Hello, welcome to Wellness Wednesdays with me, Recovery Ray, brought to you by Balance Period. For today, we are going to do a deep dive in my most recent weigh-in results. So I'm essentially going to be talking through the same results that I talked through last month, but see where there were any shifts or adjustments. And I'll also talk a little bit about some of the ways that I will be continuing on throughout this month to make sure I am keeping my sleep performance high. I also do a check-in on exactly where my sleep performance is to date. Before we dive into the content for today, I am going to guide us through our mindful moment to kick things off. So we are going to do five deep breaths together. At the end of the fifth breath, I am going to guide us through just a brief visualization practice, right? And it's going to help us kind of disconnect and unhook ourselves from our thinking, which can be difficult sometimes. So hopefully this practice helps you be able to do this, not just when you're engaging in this practice with me here, but also when you prioritize time to pause and be still on your own. So in order to prepare ourselves for this mindful moment, I want you to sit upright yet relaxed in your posture. Also, as you inhale and exhale, I want you to inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth as if you were blowing out a candle. I'm going to count us down three, two, one, and we'll get started. Three, two, one. Take the first deep breath. And another. And another. And another. And one more. Continue to breathe in your normal breathing pattern. I want you to bring your attention to the contact that your body is making to the surface beneath you. I want you to really feel those connections being made. Now bring your awareness to the sensations that you feel as you inhale and exhale. Notice any movement or any warm or cooling sensations. Now I want you to imagine that it's a beautiful blue sky with clouds. And any thought that crosses your mind, imagine that those thoughts are clouds in the sky. When you notice them, just allow them to pass by and continue to focus on the sensations you feel as you breathe. Now, if you get caught up in any particular thought, that's okay. Just gently, kindly bring your attention back to your breath. And once again, allow that thought to pass like a cloud in the sky. Go ahead and take one more deep breath here. And as you exhale, relax the muscles of your neck and shoulders. 
If your eyes are closed, slowly begin to blink them open. Welcome back. So that is an exercise that I, I really enjoy doing. I know sometimes it can be difficult, as I was mentioning before, to not believe everything that you think. And for me, it was difficult early on in my journey because what I realized is that I was conditioned to just believe what crossed my mind. I wasn't taught that that didn't have to be the case and that naturally the thoughts that did cross my mind would pass and another thought would pop up at some point in the future, right? So I would oftentimes give a lot of energy to the thoughts that were in my mind. And in a lot of cases, it didn't really serve a useful purpose as it related to me staying in alignment with my values or my goals. And so performing an exercise like this allows you to kind of change the relationship you have with your thoughts. And it gives you an opportunity to just look at them a little bit differently. Instead of being so caught up in them, you kind of, you're able to create some distance between you and what's happening in your mind. So I highly recommend incorporating a practice like that into your stillness time when you take mindful moments throughout your day. It definitely helps. Okay. So for today's mindful reflection, I'm going to do the same thing as last week. I'll just keep this trend going. I'll answer the question that was posed in the Balance Period weekly newsletter. I highly recommend you check out the resources that we have there. And if you find them valuable, I highly recommend you to subscribe because we will continue to deliver them right into your inbox every Monday. So the question from this week, I'm going to look over to the side, but it's because that's where my computer is, right? So the question for this week is, what is something that I am holding on to that I need to let go? So after you hear that question, take a moment to think about that for yourself. Feel free to put your answer to that question in the chat, or you can visit our Twitter page. Our handle on Twitter is at balance period. Go ahead and leave your response to that question and be sure to hashtag balance period in that post. So what is something I'm holding on to that I need to let go? So I've talked about it before in other podcasts and on other platforms, but for the longest time, I thought that it was necessary for me to be perfect in order for me to be of value or to add value. And because that was the case, I used to ruminate a lot on past failures or you know moments where I perceived my actions resulted in failure. And from holding on to that failure, it limited my capacity to be open to experience something new. Because if I would approach a situation that I felt like I failed in before, I would be more hesitant. And normally I would end up getting the same result as what I got the first time when I experienced that failure. So even though I'm at a different place mentally, I've adopted these habits, this mindset that is different than what it was back in the day. Sometimes I still find myself holding on to moments of perceived failure. And I'm grateful that I have equipped myself with the tools to be able to notice that in the moment and not allow that to stop me from taking actions that I feel are aligned with me continuing to pursue my purpose. But I still hold on to them from time to time. That's definitely something that I can be more intentional about releasing and letting go of. And there's probably ways that I can can do that. It's definitely something that I can talk with my therapist about. 
Um, I know someone in one of the groups that I mentioned, I don't remember the name of it, maybe some somatic therapy, something like that, where you're able to release some of the, the trauma that we hold in our bodies and you're able to release it. And maybe that's something that I can try to be able to let go of some of these moments in the past that I saw as failure that led me to believe that I wasn't enough. And that still linger in my life to this day. So that is something personally that I can definitely do a better job or a more intentional job, I can say, of just looking to release and let go of those moments and remember that those moments are necessary in order for me to be who I am and where I am today. Both success and failure are a part of this journey that we call life. And without the failure, I wouldn't even know what success looked like. So I'm grateful that I experienced it, that I made it through, that I've been able to adjust my mindset. Now you know, I still have room for growth in the area, but I'm definitely coming a long way. So as I mentioned before, think about your answer to that question. Remember, the question was, is something I'm holding on to that I need to let go? All right, share it in the chat or share it on Twitter. Be sure to hashtag balance period in that post. We can only manage what we measure. That's why we partnered with Whoop so you can get the latest and most advanced health and fitness wearable on the market for free. Not only does it monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and overall health, it also offers personalized recommendations and coaching feedback. You can finally take the guesswork out of deciding which self-care habits will actually help you feel good and function at your best. Visit join.whoop.com forward slash balance period and order your free Whoop 4.0 today. That's join.whoop.com forward slash balance period. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. So for the check-in for today, there's actually a few things that I want to check in with prior to sharing my results. One, I went in to today, so like this morning, and got my potassium recheck. So I did another blood draw. It was not nearly as many vials as before, which I was grateful for. And I didn't have to be fasted in order to do this one, which was also nice. But I got that retested. I'm waiting on those results. Should be over these next few days or maybe early next week, just to rule out whether I actually have an elevated level of potassium or if there was just a problem with the blood sample that produced this, you know, kind of error in in the result. So we'll see, and I'll continue to you know work with my primary care physician to think about next steps. Also. Uh, my doctor recommended that I get in contact with a hematologist, which is essentially a blood doctor. So I have made my appointment. It'll be in a couple weeks. And it's interesting because I'll actually be seeing the same blood doctor that I went to after my pulmonary embolism. So the same doctor that gave me the results that, hey, we don't really know why this happened. It's a combination of hereditary and, you know, your lifestyle. I'm going to go see that doctor again. He's going to, you know, analyze my blood work from the results that I've gotten over this, probably the last year, I would say, um, especially this most recent one that showed that my iron levels were low um, and some of the other biomarkers that were directly correlated with my iron levels were low too. So we'll definitely talk through that, see if potentially I have an iron deficiency. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, I'll work with, with him to get 
you know, a, a clear path forward on what I can do next to continue to optimize those biomarkers and ultimately continue to maintain a high quality of life. So I talked about this when I talked about Inside Tracker the first time, but making sure that you prioritize getting your own blood work done and not coming to your annual exams empty-handed is so important. It's just so important. It's important that we take accountability for our quality of life and not rely on our doctors to do it for us because that's not what they're here for. That's not what they were trained to do. So take accountability, invest in your wellness by getting a blood test. It doesn't have to be inside tracker. There's a lot of other ways that you can do it, but definitely get an analysis. If you have the means to, you might as well make the investment to do so and begin to educate yourself on trends and have educational, not, well, they'll be educational for you if you're going to learn something, but critical conversations, I should say, with your primary care physician about ways to continue to optimize your health. I know personally, you know, my doctor, I mentioned that, hey, I want to make some changes in these biomarkers. I want to lower my inner age. She essentially was like, you don't have to do that. And I, I'm like, I know I don't have to do that, but I want to. So I'm going to continue to, you know, make adjustments as I see fit. But know that, like, it's going to be on you to get this information and to leverage it for your continued growth and development and ultimately your optimal health. So those are some updates there. I'm still feeling great. Talk about that here in a moment. Actually, we can go right into that portion of today's conversation, too. So I talked last episode about one of the things that I wanted to do throughout this month in order to see a shift in my WHOOP data. And we pretty much analyzed that all of last episode. But the biggest thing that I said I wanted to make a shift in was my sleep performance. Remember, the sleep performance is the sleep that I get versus the sleep that I need. And one of the ways that I go about tracking that on a weekly basis is from Whoop's weekly performance assessment. So it's another cool feature. Every Monday, they deliver this directly in the app that I'm able to check in on. And it tells me based on the last week, you know, how well I perform. And I will say I'm grateful. I'm at a point now to where most weeks I perform optimally. So I, it's, it's a little bit deeper than just saying you did well or you did poorly. Most times it's that you performed optimally. So it, then it takes me going in to really be specific about the different ways that I was performing so I can continue to make tiny tweaks and adjustments. I'm at a stage now in my journey where a lot of what I do is centered around maintenance. And of course, right now is a little bit different because I'm training for the 50K. But, you know, in general, the habits I have around, you know, studying my data that I get from Whoop is centered around being you know, in a state of maintenance. And so looking at it a little bit more in depth, the thing that I was most excited about as it relates to my sleep performance was that I was at a 90% average last week. I know I talked about being wanting to be over 80% for the month. So the fact that I'm starting out strong is great, but it's up to me to keep that consistent as the month progresses. I will say I'm doing a pretty good job this week so far. I've been incorporating naps into, into my day, which I'm grateful that I have the you know, ability to do that. Not everyone can, but I definitely am prioritizing it because I know that it contributes to me increasing my sleep performance, which is what I want to do for myself and my body and my mind and my overall recovery throughout this month. And 
along the same lines. I, I haven't in the green the majority of the last week. So that's also been nice to experience, even with all the running, all the running days and rest days. I'm in the green. I think I've been like a 94 today. So I'm grateful that my body is recovering well, that is bouncing back from the strain I'm putting it under. And I'm hoping just to keep that trend going as I get deeper into this 50K training program. All right. So I wrote down everything on a note card because I normally access this app through my phone, but I use my phone as a camera for this show. So I'm not able to check in there. But regardless, let's talk about some of the markers that are measured from this scale. So the scale is called Fit Index. I'll be sure to put it into the description of this episode once it is you know, published so that you can have access to it. But I am able to stand on it. And monthly, it gives me a reading, not just on my weight, but it talks about my body fat percentage, um, my body water, skeletal muscle, subcutaneous fat, visceral fat, muscle mass, protein. It also has the score for my metabolic age based on, you know, previous readings. And so I talked a little bit last month. I started to see shifts in the downward trend in certain of the, you know, some of these markers and then an upward trend in some of the other ones. And I was interested in kind of how it would look as I continue through the program. And so some of the trends, let's see, my body weight went down, which I kind of expected that to be the case. My body fat percentage went down since last month, which I also kind of expected. My body water went up. So I like to see that happen, right? If my body weight's going down and body water's going up, that just means that I'm doing a good job of hydrating, right? And normally what I do just to share kind of the protocol behind it, I look to do it around the same date every month. So it's either the first, second, or third of each month. And I normally do it in the morning prior to, you know, drinking any water, using the bathroom, I just get up and do it. And I normally do it completely, you know, nude so that I don't have any clothes to like weigh anything down or mess up any of the reading. So that's kind of the protocol behind how I go about making sure I'm keeping the measurement as consistent as possible each month. So we did body weight, body fat, body water, skeletal muscle went up, which I can definitely see that, you know, my leg getting stronger. I am supplementing a little bit of just, you know, functional fitness into my routine as well. Um, my subcutaneous fat went down, which is good to see. Um, also, my visceral fat, actually, that was the same. So visceral fat doesn't really change normally too much with this with this measurement. Um, so I'm, I'm cool with seeing that be the same. My muscle mass in total, so essentially how much my muscle weighs overall, went down, but my skeletal muscle went up. So that's normally the metric that I, I look to kind of see where the big shift is in. Um, so I'm okay with my mus overall muscle mass going down. My protein went up, which is good to see. And then it's interesting, my metabolic age went down. So it was 28, now it's at 27. I'll take it. Uh, normally that age for me, I focus in on what I get back from Inside Tracker on my inner age. So I don't really use this this age metric, but I, you know, I figured I'd mention it since I'll be talking about it. So for me, I think it's showing me that I can just stay consistent with what I've been doing, continuing to focus on my sleep, um, keeping my training in alignment with the program. It seems like my body is adapting well to that so far. Um, I will say I have noticed I've been experiencing a little bit of pain in my right, 
my right calf kind of leading down into my heel. So I figure it might be like a, a bit of a swollen Achilles, maybe. So I've just been icing, using hypervolt, stretching. Um, I'll just I'll continue to monitor that. But I'm grateful that my body is doing what it's doing. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of what I spent my time and energy on is to optimize my health and well-being. But I still feel this like, like, wow, I'm grateful that this is the case, even though I'm intentionally practicing behavior so that this will be the case. I just still feel like, well, thank you, body. Like, thank you for doing what, you know, I'm hoping that you would do based on the activities that I choose to engage in. So there's always the room for improvement, but um, I'm definitely liking the trends that I am seeing in every facet of how I've been checking in with myself over these last few weeks. So that is the check-in. Things are going well, and I'm looking forward to continuing to see how these different trends shift as I get closer and closer to race date. I think I think it's a little under 90 days now. I think I have about 51 more training runs before my, you know, the big one. So looking forward to it. I'm excited. All right. Let's go ahead to the next portion here. Updates to my sustainable self-care system. So since last week, actually, this is something that I mentioned a few weeks ago. But I wanted to mention it again because I kind of tapped back into the app and I just wanted to share it. So the app that I mentioned that I had just started using, but I didn't want to talk about it because I hadn't used it enough yet. It's called Zen Sleep. Zen Sleep. And actually it is a, an app to help one improve their quality of sleep. And they really focus in on the various different behaviors. So a lot of stuff that we talk about here, what is your evening routine? What are the habits that you're practicing during the day that either help you improve your quality of sleep or actually contribute to you having a lower quality of sleep? And it doesn't require you to have any sort of wearable device or to you know have any sort of monitoring, like monitoring tool on. It starts with a survey that you complete just to kind of share your habits. And then it essentially gives you like a breakdown of what they recommend you track. And then you can go through the process of customizing that list for yourself to determine what you want to keep track of, you know, each day, each week, kind of like that. They also have kind of a learning portal in there, which I appreciate, but the learning is centered around CBTI techniques. And so what CBTI is, the CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. The I stands for Insomnia. So it is essentially therapy for people who experience insomnia. And like I said before, centered around your behaviors, around your mindset, you know, your approach to sleep, your beliefs around it. And so it, it's really beneficial to educate yourself on what some of the common you know, misconceptions or common like setbacks that one may have on the journey that you're able to overcome with certain activities um, you know, and other tactics and strategies to just improve your overall quality of sleep. So I highly recommend this app if you do not want to go through the process of investing in a wearable device of any kind. This I have found to be a way that you're able to tap into you know, the benefit of just tracking what you are doing. And then I would just recommend you in a subjective way, whether it's journaling or, you know, however you go about just measuring how you feel when you wake up. So how rested you feel. 
I would then say do something like that for yourself just so that you can make a connection between the habits you're practicing and your energy levels and how you feel when you wake up in the morning. So the app is called Zen Sleep, Z-E-N Sleep. I would recommend it. I'm personally not going to continue to use it. Like I'm not going to use it for the function of like creating an email routine. I kind of already have one and I already have other ways to go about doing that. But I will use it just for some of the educational you know, resources that it provides because you know it, it's definitely been you know, insightful for me. The more that I learn about it, the more effectively I can help equip you with you know, several tools that you can use to improve your quality of sleep. So that is one of the updates. Zen Sleep, it's an app to help you get better sleep. And I'm telling you, if you focus on that, just get better sleep and you will notice a shift in how you feel and how you function. All right, so that's the updates to the sustainable self-care system. Let's go ahead to the article from this week. So the article that was posted in the Balance Period newsletter, this one centered around meditation and was common myths around meditation. And I thought it was definitely useful and interesting to kind of read through some of these common misconceptions and myths. Why? Because if you only talk about the benefits of something, Sometimes it, it, it isn't as relatable because people aren't experiencing those benefits. They experience, you know, the thing they've been conditioned to think about this thing, right, prior to getting started. So when you start with kind of highlighting the myths or some of these you know, false beliefs that you might have about the practice itself, that will allow you to be like, oh, well, wait a minute. It doesn't have to be that way. Or I can experience something different if I maybe a tiny tweak or adjustment to how I'm seeing this or how I'm thinking about it or what I believe about this practice. So I saw it as, as definitely being useful. So I'm just going to talk through the different points that they made about some of the myths behind meditation. So the first one is you don't have to clear your mind of thoughts. This is something that people commonly mention when I guide them through mindful moments or meditation practices in person. They say, you know, my mind was going all over the place. And I'm like, well, that's just what our minds do. Our minds be minded, you know? So that's just how they operate. And what I normally connect it to is saying that when your mind does wander, you gently and kindly bring your attention back to your breath. That's kind of like a repetition in the gym, right? Of a muscle that you're looking to strengthen. So you kind of need your mind to do what it does so that you can cultivate mindfulness. It's just a part of the process. So that's something that isn't true, right? Practicing mindfulness or meditation, it doesn't mean that you have to clear your mind because it's just not going to happen. Also, another analogy, metaphor, I don't really know what's the biggest English. One of those two things. Think about fish tank, right? You have this fish tank and it's murky. It's a little dirty, right? And you want to make the water clear. Reaching your hand in to try to push down that dirt to the bottom of the tank isn't going to make it any less murky. That's going to make it more murky because you're going to be sloshing all that stuff around. But if you just allow what's in there to be, it naturally settles to the bottom and now you have a clear fish tank. That's also another way to think about mindfulness practice. And that you can start with having so much going on, but based on how you respond to that, whether you're engaging in it or just noticing it, it will allow it. Okay. You may not always feel peaceful. Yeah. That's just not, that's not going to be the case. 
unfortunately, right? Because normally mindfulness and meditation is marketed around peace. And I know I say it too, peace, calm, these words that people tend to experience, they think, well, if I do it, I'm going to feel it while I'm doing it. And that's not always the case. So glad that this article highlighted that. Meditation doesn't have to be too in action. So a lot of times, I know for me, I would think that, okay, if I'm in this mindful state or if I'm, you know, meditating, that this means that I'm just not going to do anything as it relates to like reactions or responses to things, right? So it actually can lead to action. And for me, it leads to more clarity in the action that I take because I prioritize time for mindfulness, right? In practicing meditation. So and that's what it highlights. It talks about being able to take action more wisely because you are choosing to practice meditation. You don't need a lot of spare time. That's also the beauty of the practice in and of itself. You don't have to spend just large amounts of time sitting and doing it. It could be a short and mindful moment like what you experience here. Um, it could be something as quick as a 30-second pause and, and breath, similar to what I do when my mindful moment reminders go off. It could be a you know, five-minute practice. It could be whatever amount of time you have. It's all about the intention that you put behind how you're spending that time and energy for yourself. All right? It doesn't have to be a long amount of time that you need. Even if you run into issues, it doesn't mean that you can't meditate. So essentially saying it's never not a good time to do it, right? So it's like whether you're running into issues outside of the practice or even in the practice, it doesn't mean that you can't do it anymore. You still have the freedom to continue to engage in it, and it'll probably provide some support along that journey for you too. It's not always blissful. Similar to not always being peaceful, it's not always blissful. So there might be some tough emotions that come up. There might be some you know, tough things and trauma that arises in those practices. But we can't heal what we don't feel. So in that space, it's in my opinion, it's a, it's a safe space to be able to experience that. You create a safe space within yourself, and that's that's powerful. It's okay to fall asleep. <laughs> Uh, it is okay to fall asleep. I know I highly recommend people to not lie flat and to do it upright because it helps you to not fall asleep. But, you know, if you're at a space where you feel more comfortable laying down and you end up falling asleep, judgment. And then this last one says it's not, it's not just like therapy. So there are differences between mindfulness and, you know, going to see a therapist. So sometimes people think, oh, if I practice mindfulness, I don't need a therapist. And in some cases, for some people, might not, but it doesn't mean that those two things are synonymous. Those are some of the myths that generally people have about meditation. And I highly recommend if you heard anything that you actually believe, that's okay. You know, judgment-free zone. But just do an audit of maybe whether that belief is workable for you, right? Does it serve you for purpose? Does it relate to contributing to you experiencing increase quality of life overall, right? Mentally, physically, spiritually, all the other domains of wellness. So take some time to think about that. If you heard anything in here that was aligned with the potential thought process or belief pattern that you currently have. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Wellness Wednesdays. I'm just, I'm enjoying these more and more every week getting to share where I am on my journey, things that I'm doing. Remember, if you ever have any questions for me, 
and you're here live, feel free to drop them in the chat. Or you can email me directly, ray at soundperiod.com. Thank you once again for tuning in. I'm going to leave you with a couple of things as usual. Remember, it's important to invest in your wellness because you are worth the investment. Continue to learn, continue to grow, and develop your sustainable self-care system. Lastly, you don't have to be perfect to be great. So be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself as you travel along the journey of creating generational wellness. Remember, all you have to do in order to be the change that you want to see in your family and in your community is to get started and to keep going. Thank you once again for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you back here, same time, same place. Peace.